the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You, through your history of investing, and I think you really are kind of aware from it from age 20 to 60. That's your investing lifetime, as I refer to it. You're going to learn things. I think 2022 was a good learning learning year. Corrections happen. Can you stomach them? How comfortable would I be with my retirement if a correction happened the year that I retired? That's a good psychological. Am I ready for this? What if this correction lasts longer than usual? Or what if it's shorter than usual? Corrections involve, in this case, a scenario where a recession is going to hit. Will it hit technically already? Some people say we're in one. Or will it be more school book where we see job losses? But one of the things he learned in 2022 is corrections happen. You also learned a lot about inflation. Why is the Fed so obsessed with fighting inflation? Why is the Fed willing to cause a recession in the United States to fight inflation? I like to think of it as their mandate says they're going to fight inflation, keep employment full. But you question the whole fighting inflation thing when you see the stock market and the housing market get brutalized with higher interest rates. You're like, okay, so that's financially engineered. It's human beings that are doing this. Isn't it? it is not just the economy doing its thing. It's human beings forcing the economy in a different direction. You're learning a lot. Nobel laureate Paul Krugman predicts a housing market slump and an exports decline. He suggests the Fed has already done enough to conquer inflation. Mohammed L. Arian said the Fed made two big mistakes that will go down in history and spur a damaging recession that was totally avoidable. You're hearing more and more gurus, I like to call them Buddhas, on the sideline, telling us that the Fed's doing wrong. It's like a national pastime. It's a water cooler thing. Top economist Mohammed El Arian said the Federal Reserve made two big mistakes. I like him as an economist. I hate him as a speaker because he's a New York Jets fan. And, and that doesn't bother me, except for that he tries to slip it into every single freaking interview. Top economist Mohammed El Arian said the Federal Reserve made two big mistakes. He says, quote, I fear that we risk a very high probability of a damaging recession that was totally avoidable. But what about the mistakes? Let's talk about it. Chief Economic Advisor at Allianz pointed to two errors. He said the Fed's first mistake was mischaracterizing inflation as transitory. By that, they mean to as temporary. It's reversible. Don't worry about it. Second mistake was when the Fed finally recognized inflation was persistent and high. 
it didn't act in a meaningful way. Um, yeah, I think I think we can all say that's what history is going to show. That in twenty twenty one, the Fed said transitory. He didn't think it was pervasive. Uh, back in twenty twenty one, the Fed was kind of using the playbook of it'll come right back down. This is COVID pandemic government spending that's causing short-term inflation transitory. And it doesn't typically work like that. Our labor force is so messed up and it has been messed up since COVID. Some of your favorite restaurants have shut down. Some of your favorite restaurants you go to today and you're like, ah, it's not what it used to be. It's the labor force that's working inside that restaurant that suddenly has a lot more power to demand more money, but also to change careers, to go home and sit on money they collected from the government. The labor force really, really, really changed during COVID. My spouse suddenly decided she doesn't want to work anymore, which is fine. But her identity was very important to her before, and working was important. What changed? COVID, right? Using a driving analogy, L. Arian said the Fed not easing their foot off the accelerator last year means that they've had to slam on the brakes this year, which tips us into a recession. So yes, unfortunately, this is going to go down as a big policy error by the Federal Reserve, he says. Even Chairman Powell has gone from looking for a soft landing to a softish landing and now talking about pain. And that's the problem. That this is the cost of our Federal Reserve being late. Not only does it have to overcome inflation, but it has to restore its credibility. L. Arian advised investors in their love affair with a Fed pivot where the central bank would reverse course on its aggressive monetary tightening. Fed has been quickly raising interest rates in an attempt to cool down 40-year high inflation. I love that he said, you, the retail investor, the stay-at-home investor, the I'm-not-working-in-New-York investor, has a love affair that needs to end with a Fed pivot, making all things right. Fed is expected to raise interest rates for a sixth time at its November 1 first and second meeting. Push the federal fund rate probably from the current range of three to three and a quarter percent. So will we do 25 basis points, 50 basis points, or 75 basis points? Still looks like like another 75. So I I, I don't think Elarian's wrong. With that said, it, it does suck that we all look back at 2021 and go, oh, this is transitory. That was one year ago today that we started going, this doesn't really feel transitory anymore. Because we were seeing food inflation. We were seeing energy cost inflation. We were seeing wage inflation. And the wage inflation, we just didn't quite understand. We still don't quite understand. Why are there so many job openings? Why aren't they being filled? Why did Rob's wife um, stop working? What's it have to do? 
why did I come back to work to take this crappy low paying job when there's other jobs out there? A lot of people have that to blame as part of the problem of where we are now. 800-516-1220, teacher calls on the air. Paul Krugman predicts a housing market slump to follow ultimately what the Federal Reserve is doing. He's a Nobel laureate. He said the Fed has likely raised interest rates high enough to crush inflation. He warned further rate hikes and a stronger dollar could destabilize the financial system. That's when the Fed's going to have to stop. When something breaks, bigger than Europe saying we're going to raise taxes and the dollar got stronger and stronger and stronger on that news. Krugman outlined in a recent New York Times column how higher interest rates weigh on demand for housing as they pass through into higher rates for mortgage borrowing. That leads to less construction, people in the industry spending less, and eventually a wider economy slowing down. While building permit applications have dropped off, construction employment hasn't started shrinking yet. So he wants to see the job losses. There's a backlog of housing projects that were started before rates rose. As a result, Krugman saying higher rates are going to tank home prices and housing demand not anytime soon. He thinks it's months away. So he's predicting a housing market slump big time, but not even starting yet. He emphasized the U.S. dollar surge to a 20-year high this year has made American exports less competitive and imports more affordable. And that represents a headwind for economic domestic growth. Very fascinating watching economists come out and take a shot at the Fed Reserve and what's happening currently. Um, shipping costs have plummeted from $21,000 a container in September 2021 to $2,300 today. The supply chain disruptions are starting to end. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. So I don't spend a lot of my time in the world of sports. It's not my thing. I think when I was 20 years old and I was trying to fit in with other men, I understood sports was a water cooler way of saying it's bond. Um, now, I just don't have time. I can't tell you who played Monday night football. I can't tell you what kind of game it was. I can't tell you that the quarterback was overpaid or underpaid. Yes, I know who Tom Brady is and stuff like that, but... I I just put all my energy into stocks and investing. So anytime I have a free moment, I'm trying to understand business and or the business landscape. I'm fascinated by what we're seeing in electric vehicles. And I anecdotally want to see where we go with it. Um, I have an electric vehicle and I can tell you some of the pros and cons. And I had dinner over the weekend with a couple who had never seen a Tesla, been inside a Tesla and wanted to hear all about how it magically drives itself. I'm like, that's kind of a gimmick. But more importantly, when you see California make a mandate that is a, a pretty like all electric vehicles sold sooner rather than later, it seems like a mandate that, yeah, we get how we're going to get to 20%. Yes, we get how we can get to 50%. But I still don't understand the cold or the people who use vehicles for industrial purposes like trucks meant for trucks 
my use of my truck is like throw some soccer balls and back in a, a bench. I'm not getting, you know, a 200 pound load of soil and delivering to a job site. So GM is launching a new business to connect homes and businesses with EV chargers and energy storage. The one thing Tesla did, they woke GM and Ford up. Tesla in the electric vehicle world said, we're going to change. Governor, Governor Newsom's going to jump on board. And GM and Ford and Toyota have to have the right products. But interestingly, GM is launching a new business to connect homes and businesses with EV chargers. Interesting. It's going to be called GM Energy. It's going to provide battery packs, EV chargers, and software to help customers optimize charging and ride out electric grid, grid disruptions. This sounds like they can get in trouble. It can't be the old GM that had pensions for all and labor unions and uh, was the king of Detroit. It has to be, it's going to have to have an energy CEO. GM Energy aims to build on the battery and software expertise that GM has amassed in recent years to develop a new line of electric vehicles that will in time replace internal combustion engines. Sticky, right? GM Energy is going to offer products and services for what the company calls energy management, including hardware such as batteries and solar panels, as well as hydrogen fuel cells, and importantly, cloud-based software that can link these offerings with electric vehicles and utility companies. Okay, wait, wait, wait. There was a lot said in there. Okay, we get the batteries. We get the solar panels. Rob has solar on his roof. He has a solar battery for blackouts. Solar panel on his roof creates excess in a day during the summer months. During the winter, not so much. But that spills over into my my car battery, and my car battery basically has me avoid that $6 gasoline in California. So there was a lot in that statement that they talked about hydrogen fuel cells, an area where we don't know an Elon Musk kind of name. Toyota has a hydrogen fuel vehicle. It fills up way faster than electricity. It comes from a clean energy source that can be renewed. Although it's, it's tough to, to transport hydrogen. <laughs> And hydrogen has kind of an explosion problem where they're going to need to get over um, the media and the public interests have to be proven like this is a safe way of doing this. The brand isn't the greatest right now. So Toyota is still doing hydrogen fuel cell cars. And they're quite the hit in some foreign markets, but not the U.S. yet. But GM is also going to need a cloud-based software. Now, that just has like a cringe feeling to it, doesn't it? It's kind of like buying an IBM computer these days. You're like, I think Apple's kind of cooler. Or I'm just going to go with a, a typical Dell or HP. I don't really need an IBM computer anymore. They're bricky. They're, they were very great in the 1990s when function was more important than style. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're picking up on one down. So GM getting the cloud-based software that can link electric vehicles and utility companies. I'm like, um, this is a big enterprise. 
And if people are worried about Elon Musk, who runs Tesla, also running Twitter and also running Boring Company, also running SpaceX, can one person be spread too thin? The moment Twitter runs into a problem, as it looks like Elon Musk could be forced to buy it, the moment Twitter runs into a problem, people are going to say, oh, watch out with Tesla because he's probably going to focus too much over it. And the moment Tesla runs into a problem, people are going to say, ah, he's never bought Twitter. He's on borrowed capital at this point in time. The goal of GM Energy is twofold. Assist the automaker in controlling the customer experience when they purchase a new EV and create a sustainable business as GM attempts to double annual revenue to $280 billion by the end of the decade. All I'm going to tell you is I get started getting, as an investor, I'm not going to be investing in GM anytime soon. It just doesn't, it feels like GE. When General Electric was in radio and television, you're like, oh, that's great. And then they got into light bulbs. They're like, GE does light bulbs. And they get onto medical devices and medical equipment at hospitals. You're like, oh, okay, I get it. Radio, television, medical devices. And then they get into jet engines. Oh, jet engines too. Yes, and jet engines. And then they get into becoming a bank. And like, so now they're selling the financing to the jet engines. Yeah, and that's when GE's dominance hit its peak. GE was the Apple of the 1950s and 60s. One minute. GE was all that in a bucket of chicken, and they got their fingers too deep into too many areas. So for GM to say that they're going to get into the cloud, I'm just instantly my 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 butt cheeks puckered. My butt cheeks like start tightening up. It's like, oh no. No, that's this is not going to feel great. It's not going to end right. PG&E is working with GM Energy on a pilot test of bidirectional chargers, which allows an EV to provide power to a home during a blackout. You've seen the commercial. The house blacks out of energy. Hook up the truck and it'll... it'll be, and you're like, I don't really know how... We're, that's starting to get into an area. Do we really want that? You get the idea. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Now back to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested and more. I have two children and when you have children, people come out of the woodwork, especially your first one. And they're like, here's a book I learned. Here's a book I read that taught me how to raise children. Here's a book. Here's a book. Here's what I did. And I, I don't like that approach. I like looking at parents that I respect and see the children that I respect and ask those parents, how did you do it? Same thing when it comes to money and investing. You're going to find a lot of people come up to you and give you the book on investing, give you the, this is the way to do it. This is real estate's how I made my millions. Stocks are how I made my millions. Tech stocks are how I made my millions. People are going to come up to you pretty regularly. And the trick is to understand is that they're not that smart, that they benefited from a very prosperous time in the world. And if you can start by debunking them and saying, I need to do this on my own because times have changed. I think the idea of my kids being as successful as me are it feels less likely to happen because I watched the news headlines out of the BBC. 
And I see the world of the haves and the have-nots getting bigger and bigger and more problematic. I see we have overemphasized the white-collar economy, forgetting that we still need people like dentists. And I'm not saying a dentist is not white-collar, but it's much more, how shall we say, real physical work that we're really going to need. We may not need a company to bring us groceries in the middle of the night on a two-hour window, but I do know we're going to need plaque removed from our teeth. And we've kind of de-emphasized the blue collar, the education system. I know young men who have communications degree, and that's totally different than the time that I got my communications degree 25 years ago. Yesterday, a, a past coworker, a big radio station in the Bay Area went down and it's going automated KGO. And this is, they're legit. that They were a news organization. And for them to basically say, we give up, we're going to go syndicated programming. You know, who's next? Oh, there's a next. But there's not many left standing at this point in time. So if my kid were to say, dad, I'm going to get a communications degree, I'm going to go, okay, what are you focusing on? Because you're not doing radio and television, my friend. There's too many options already out there. You're going to have to specialize a little bit better. So one of the things I, I really want to push you into is don't fall into the traps that work for you. They're not going to work for the next person. Stop giving people advice. Let them figure it out on their own. People who are self-made are constantly learning, whether it be in education and or investing. Constantly learning and improving. The reason I interview CFPs on the show and the reason I bring in see it, people like Chad Burton, certified financial planner, is he's good at what he does and he's constantly having to learn what are the financial problems of the moment. I work with a CFP for that reason. As much as I love doing this, I don't love being a, I, I don't want to be a CFP. Constantly learning. Um, Self-made millionaires, there was a study I once saw that said 63% said they are listened to audiobooks during their work commutes versus listening to soft rock. Okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Audiobooks. What else have I learned? Self-made millionaires listen more than they talk. It's a lesson that I try to impart on my children. Don't try to be the center of this uh, attention. Let other people's Make their comments. Know what's on the table before acting too brave. In group settings for every minute you speak, let other people talk for five minutes. Listen for five minutes if you're going to talk for one. Try to have that formula in your head. Build great teams. If you want to be successful in learning in, in your childhood, it's, it's your network. In high school, I wish I had a better network of, of social friends. In college, I wish I had a better network of academic partners and a better network of, of social peers that I could get a job with. I took a pretty big gamble starting my own company. If it failed, I have no one to go to. I have no fraternity to go to and say, hey, Jim, you hiring a failed writer? You fire, you hire a, 
a failed financial planner who has a story to tell. Um, I wish I could redo college and be part of a fraternity. It could be a service fraternity. It would probably be a service fraternity. Self-made millionaires dream big, 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 big. Um, I didn't want to work. To, I did. I when I was eighteen, I said I don't want to work till the day I die. And I tell my children, you can do whatever you want. Um, one of my fantasies in the world was going back because I heard about this from a, a friend in college. He took his summers off. No, he took uh, two years off after college and worked at resorts worldwide as a bellman. I'm like, I don't know about the timing right after college, but for two years, he would help people with their luggage. And he would do it in Indonesia. He would do it in China. He would do it in Hawaii. And when he had time off, he got to see some of the most luxurious parts of the world. I like that. If I could do a career of that, I'm in. But suddenly you're not going to make as much money. You're not going to invest as it. You're not going to have roots. So I, I get the flaw with it, but you can have a fun dream, I tell my children. A friend of mine, when he played the lottery, always would laugh at him. I said, that's the stupid people's tax. He just gave $2 to the state of California. You just gave $2 to, you just give it away. You're taxed for being dumb. You have a one in seven bazillion chances of winning money. You know you're not going to win it. Why do you do it? I guess because for the rest of the day, I could think of what I would do with a bazillion dollars. So for two bucks, he gets entertainment for the rest of the day. Instead of watching, you know, Netflix tonight, he's thinking about what he would do with a bazillion dollars. I don't really believe that, but at least that's what he's getting out of it. As an investor, I want you to prioritize your health as much as you're prioritizing that nest egg. Good health translates into longevity, which gives you more time to create wealth. I tell my children, brush your teeth. You don't want your teeth falling out. I tell my children, floss your teeth. You don't want your teeth falling out. You only get one set of adult teeth and that's it. Then you're into painful dental implants and or dentures, which are unattractive. So every day I, I tell my kids, you know, keep dreaming big, make good friends in elementary school, make great friends in high school, network, network, network. Listen more than you talk. Constantly try to be reading or studying the news of the day. Always keep your mind open to what's happening out there. I'm really not a Republican or a Democrat. I would say if I'm anything, I'm a BBC news person. I'm not Fox or MSNBC. I'm not looking for the politics to agree with me. but I'm always looking to learn. I don't really believe in luck. I was trying to explain to someone that opportunities are taken. Um, decisions are taken. Opportunities are created. And a lot of people don't take a decision like they should. They're not as assertive. I'm not talking about when you go to Vegas, that kind of luck. I'm talking about the happenstance of taking a gamble on something new. 
the ability to be invisible to others while you're starting to learn something create solutions with alternate routes to success. When I started in the financial industry, what I knew was that people that looked like me had no representation on Wall Street. And I knew that Generation X was going to grow up and save money. And I wanted to be the voice to Generation X. And I think I largely have been in the financial planning world. Um, as I'm trying to translate to millennials, I'm going to have to be open to new ideas. I'm going to have to network with people who are good in that area. Um, but I knew Generation X needed a voice and I was at the right place at the right time. And I took the opportunity. I made the decision, but I took the decision too. Persistence creates opportunities. Luck eventually comes to those who refuse to quit, in my opinion. Um, if I were to tell you how I learned to publicly speak, I'm painfully shy. I learned to publicly speak by going to my business teacher in high school and saying, can I speak to the students about college? Can I come in and tell them you know, what I've learned? And I went into my old high school and I talked to business class um, on a Friday all day long, five different business classes in high school. So it was rotating classes. And you humbly learn when you have to speak to high schools and keep their attention. You learn how to like tell the story to them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me a new seminar coming up. We're going to announce that sooner rather than later. You can learn more about that at robblackshow.com. You're listening to New Focus on Wealth on AM 1220 KDOW. So last week, Tesla had its AI day. And I'm a sucker. I kind of fall for it, I have to say. I want to see if there's anything earth-shattering, anything that's going to blow my mind. Elon Musk unveiled a prototype of Tesla's Optimus Bot. He promised the humanoid would one day change the way people live and work, but experts in the last week haven't been very kind to Elon Musk. And Facebook is teaching us right now, be careful. Be weary of a leader who becomes fascinated with a project like the metaverse. Elon Musk is in charge of one of the largest companies in the world, Tesla. So when he brings out a robot, um, does it stand out as a new project that is something that we're interested in? I was trying to have a conversation about this with my children to see if it would translate into a conversation in my head, translate into a conversation on air. There's nothing particularly surprising about robots at this point in our life. Um, but will it stand up? And they're calling it a Tesla bot at this point in time. Will it remotely have close to a brain, AI, artificial intelligence? Can they do anything more than a simple task and exhibit superficial levels of situational awareness? Will it be more like the TV show Westworld or will it be more like they can make potato chips, dropping sliced potatoes into a fryer, lifting them up, lifting them down? A lot of experts are just being cruel on their criticism of Elon Musk. Uh, 
talking about how conditions would have to be perfect for a robot to be more humanoid than simple. If you're asking it to pick something up, it's going to have to be heavily scripted versus think on its own. And I find that kind of intellectual conversation fun. So I'm just not going to bet on self-driving cars anytime soon. I'm not going to bet on self-operating robots. But do I see more and more kiosks? Yes. And I do see us expanding the kiosk in the time as fast as we can. Let's talk about how much money you need to make to be in the 1%, 5%, 10% of the United States. When you think about the one percenters, you probably have like an image of Warren Buffett or the guy from Monopoly, right? Something comes up to your head. Billionaires make so much money, they hardly know what to do with it. Even if they give away $20 a second, $100 a second for 578 days. How much money does that get rid of? Landing in the top 10% is a fairly attainable goal for upwardly mobile Americans. They say that you need to have a, in a, a job of about $173,000. That gets you in the top 10%. As the household's top wage earner, you're looking at quite a jump from Americans, the first 90%, who the first 90% of Americans' wealth have jobs uh, that average $40,000 a year. And then to get to the top 10, it jumps to $173,000. Then there's a big jump between the top and the bottom of the 10% earner, top 10% earners. The bottom are making roughly $133,000 a year. The top are making $223,000 a year. What sort of income do you need to land in the top 5%? That's where it's kind of interesting, right? Wages jumped an astounding 20%. You'd have to pull down $824,000. You know, where does that leave the average American? Where does that leave you? I don't know. It's interesting to note that one of my few Facebook friends that I still, I guess you could say care about, when you get a message that says they've posted something, you're like, oh, I'm going to go take a look at that. She had a husband and three children. Actually, it was kind of more complicated than that. She had two children, divorced her first husband, married a second husband. He ha- they had one child together. That's how it is. And he was making $170,000 a year in San Jose. And she kind of had some ideas on, you know, mom kind of businesses. She's always constantly trying to use me as a source of information to help her family living on 170000 in San Jose get further and farther. And ultimately, she did what I gave her advice on was she left the Bay Area. 170000 is close to poverty for a family of four in San Jose, California. Whereas you take $170,000 of income in Charleston, South Carolina, and you could probably own the city. So wealth is relative to where you live. Um, it has to be relatable. 
they are fortunately in Charleston, South Carolina. I didn't tell them where to move. I just said, in the Bay Area, you're going to have to move way out. And your husband's have to commute way more. And in his case, he was already commuting an hour and a half one way to work, an hour and a half coming back from home, coming back to work. So she wanted him to have more time with the children, keep the salary, live way out in Livermore, commute to the city. And it just wasn't going to work in the end. You can't have it both. In her case, it wasn't salary, good salary, and a family of five. So they're happily in South Carolina. That was their solution. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Difference between wealth and non-wealth. Man, that's a big jump, huh? That 5%. Whew. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.